are you guys doing? Hey, welcome to ADHD podcast, ADHD rants podcast. One of these days I will learn the name that I came up with. I am your host, Nelly. We will be streaming these podcasts on most major streaming networks. I am still working on getting them up and running. They will be posted every Sunday, as well as this will also be posted on the YouTube channel, if not Sunday, the following Monday. So, today's episode, we are going to talk about depression. What we do in each episode, please have on your most comfy attire. I like onesies. Especially come winter time around. I like onesies. This is what I like. Every now and then I like oversized t-shirts. I'll be wearing something comfy. I'll be on my bed. And we're going to talk about some probably uncomfortable topics. Because they need to be talked about. And while we discuss that, we'll be in our comfy attire. So. Let's get into it. Because we need to have a real talk about depression. Also, if you're over on the YouTube channel, in case you're wondering, I am once again working on this avatar puzzle. Originally, I was going to crochet, but I can't find the crochet stuff. So I decided to work on a puzzle instead. So back to the topic, which is depression. I'm sorry. Especially if you're a millennial, I feel like at this point, we've all suffered from depression. We've all done it. Most of us like to try and hide it and not really acknowledge the fact that we've suffered from it, but I really feel like we've all at some point in our life struggled with depression. I really do. Because... What do you mean? You never had a mental breakdown because you found out you were out of peanut butter. And what it was actually about was all kinds of big things kept happening to you and you were like, I'm fine. And then that small inconvenience happened and then you shut down. So, depression for me personally. Where to begin? Where to begin? I remember suffering from depression as early as 18 years old. I'm sure even earlier. But at 18 years old, is the first time I tried to take my life. I was unsuccessful, obviously, I'm here, and I ended up in the hospital. We really need to talk about the state of these hospitals more, because it is concerning very 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 concerning so 
on that attempt specifically, which was one of my first attempts out of many that would follow, I was in the hospital, I was put in the hospital and whenever you are put in the hospital, you're put under, of course, surveillance because you, you just try to take your life. Well, because of a mental health crisis that has been going on for, at this point, God knows how long. Um, there is always, and I mean always, a shortage of beds in a mental health hospital. So, where I was, I really wish I could remember the name of the hospital, because I really think it needs to be reported, but for the life of me, I can't remember the name of this hospital. You were inside, you weren't allowed to go outside. I was in the waiting area. I was in that waiting area for at least three days, I think. In that waiting area, there's no beds. The floor is tile. There's some chairs in there. And there were at least 30-something people in there. And that's where you were. That's where you slept. You couldn't shower. Um, the only time they let us shower is because someone went on themselves. And it caused the whole, I think, I believe it was called a waiting area to smell. So to kind of figure out and get rid of the smell, they let us shower. But outside of that, you couldn't shower because there was only, I think, one shower in that whole area. Because that area was not meant to hold 30-something people. On top of that, this was mixed with all sorts of mental health patients that should not be mixed. Me personally, I was suffering from depression, um, anxiety, and then I was diagnosed with something else I can't remember off the top of my head. And it was mainly because of stuff going on in my life. So there was several people there suffering from schizophrenia. And I mean, they had no clue where they were. One guy was living out his life like he was working. He would kiss his wife goodbye, which was some random dude, by the way. He was not happy about it. <laughs> and he would go about his day. Yeah, he, he had no clue that he was in a mental health hospital. Not a clue. There really needs to be more done about this. Because again, I was in there for three days. And then finally, late at night, a bed opened up for me in the actual area where there's beds, a shower, um, a change of clothes. Because I didn't have it. I was in the same clothes for three days. With the exception of they, they will give you this underwear that's like, um, it's just cheap fabric sewn together which you don't you honestly don't need much but it's just nice to be able to change your underwear I could not change my clothes 
I was not allowed to go outside. And for the first 24 hours, my mom was not allowed to see me, which was probably a blessing, actually. Um, <laughs> was actually a good thing. But at the time, I didn't realize that. But I, I want to say it was for about the first 24 hours, my mom was not allowed to see me. They were watching me and evaluating me. And I'm not kidding. There was nothing to do there except watch TV. That was it. Um, in the area you were you were in, there wasn't even group therapy yet. That was the next area you go into. And it was it was very rough. It was so rough. I don't and when I tell you that's not the last time I've experienced something like that, it wasn't. Now, I will say it wasn't as bad as that, but it's still pretty rough going into a mental hospital. They're, they're, every single time I've gone, they're overcrowded and have limited resources. And I understand not allowing you to go outside. I get that part, but it that was very that was very hard. That was very, very, very hard to not be able to go outside. But more than anything, what was hard is not being able to shower. It was awful. It was terrible. I'm literally just sitting there in my filth on top of that. So there were some chairs that were recliners. So you were at bare minimum able to like, if you could get a recliner, because there weren't 30 recliners in there. It was like six of them. <laughs> you could at bare minimum sleep in that. If you got up, you lost it. <laughs> it was gone. Yeah, so if you went to go to the bathroom, ooh, that's a personal problem. But you, you sit in those and they're leather. And you know, you, your skin's pressing up against leather. That's sweat central. So that was building up on my skin. And it was... Those conditions are not okay. They are not okay. They are not okay at all. I have seen some pretty messed up things in mental hospitals. That was definitely one of the worst cases. But other cases where nurses or techs just didn't actually care to try and take care of you. Um, yeah, it was all kinds of stuff that I witnessed. And it's just, it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting to say the least. So, depression. Depression for me, I have suffered through depression a lot in my life. Like I said, as early as 18, there's a chance that 
Um, I suffered through it earlier than that, but 18 is just when the first time I tried to take my life. And it has hit me in ways that I didn't even realize were noticeable on the outside. I think one big thing that needs to be talked about is whenever I get depressed personally, and not even just me, this is a lot of people, I sorry for a second, I thought this wasn't recording. I stopped showering. Last year I went through a huge depression episode where I went to work, I came home, I got in bed. I ate a little bit and that was all I did. And weeks went by and I didn't shower. At one point I had got up because I was like, I need a shower. Like my skin feels absolutely disgusting I need to shower I got up I ran the water I stared at it for a bit and then I turned it back off and crawled back into bed stuff can be so embarrassing to admit but it needs to be talked about because there's other ways that people deal with depression another way is some people so some people don't shower some people don't brush their teeth I usually still keep up with brushing my teeth but that's not the same case for everybody there are many people that just everything goes to hell. They don't upkeep anything. You know, there's a lot of, I don't want to say cutesy, but kind of the more glorified stuff about depression that goes around. But whenever you talk about stuff like, I haven't showered in three weeks or... I haven't eaten in three days or I just had a bottle of vodka for breakfast people rather than be understanding become very judgmental about because depression hits everybody so differently so differently and we all have different ways of coping and a lot of it comes from the environment that we're around we learned how to cope from the environment that we're in sometimes it's healthy sometimes it's not I just spilled tea me personally I 
I used to use sex as a coping mechanism. Because if it's one thing I notice, it's a guy will do anything <laughs> if you promise him certain things. And so it was my way of feeling wanted. It was my way of validating myself. And the reality of it was that was not healthy at all. Especially because half the time, I didn't even like these people. You know, and I did this, not even just with men, men were just easier, but I would do this in general with whoever was willing. And in that, there were very many times, I mean very many times, because I just wanted to feel wanted, that I put myself in very dangerous situations, I feel. I have a story to tell that I don't think I've told anybody before because I was like, ah, I should have died. So, a few years ago, I was messaging a guy and he said, do you want to come over and do clouds? I said, sure. I had no clue what that meant. I thought he was talking about little old Mary Jane or something like that. That's not what he was talking about at all. I go over to his hotel room, by the way, because he was a local. Hotel room. This guy could have did something to me in Skip Town. <laughs> Went over to his hotel room to meet up with him. And he goes, hey, are you ready to smoke? I'm like, sure. Guy pulls out a crack pipe. Yeah, Clouds is not Mary Jane. Clouds is, I don't know what's another one, rocks, I guess? Rocks is probably a good word. But I won't have to censor later. <laughs> and I went, oh, whoa. I'm not doing that. Lucky for me, this guy was super understanding. Not only did he not pressure me to smoke, we had a very chill conversation for several hours. Nothing happened that night between, between us. We just talked. We talked about music. Um, he talked about some stuff that he was passionate about. I talked about some stuff I was passionate about. He introduced me to music, uh, to some music, because there were some artists that uh, he was talking about that I had never heard before. I was like, holy shit, this is so good. So he was introducing me to them. And eventually we called it a night. And I went my separate way went home that could have went differently 
that could have went so differently and it still shocks me to this day that I am even okay. It really does. It still very much shocks me to this day that I am okay. Because in my opinion, I should have been hurt that night. That definitely went a, a much calmer direction than I was expecting. Especially the fact that he did not pressure me to smoke. We just talked. And that was it. And I, um, he didn't even pressure me for anything else. I'm sure because he realized how I reacted about the other stuff. He didn't want to make me feel uncomfortable. And so, again, nothing happened that night. I got so lucky. But that also was not the last time I put myself in a dangerous situation. I have met people in hotel rooms several times. People I did not know. I have invited people over to my house several times. I'm going to be very clear. Anybody listening to this? Stay the hell out of my DMs because I don't do that shit anymore. <laughs> I stopped doing that a while ago. I have very much... First off, I'm in a better place right now. And second off, no. I just don't do that anymore. That's just not me anymore but yes I used to put myself in very dangerous situations because I was so depressed about not being wanted and even last year right yeah last year I went through a heartbreak where somebody turned me down. I told them I had feelings for them and they turned me down. And in that moment, I felt so unwanted. Um, I just, and I especially kept comparing myself to their current girlfriend. And I was just like, it's because I'm too fat. It's because of my skin color it's because I'm just ugly like I was doing so much comparing that I almost slipped into that I almost did but I didn't I am so thankful for some of the friends around me that kept me from slipping to that dark place again that I did not call some random stranger over to my house because I almost did just because I wanted to feel wanted but there's many times I could tell somebody this story and their first thought is whore, slut, Jezebel, stuff like that. They don't even think about the fact that my self-worth has been damaged and I just want to feel wanted. That's not even thought about. It's it's just immediate negative labeling. And that's something people do not think about. That is also depression. Depression can come in so many different forms. That should not be judged. It just shouldn't be judged. 
when I felt unwanted, I was consistently comparing myself. Not even in that situation in general. Because when this person turned me down, I thought, why doesn't anybody want me? And I started looking at my body and thinking, why would anybody want this? You know? Why would anybody want this? I have so many things wrong with me. Why would somebody want that? When there's so many better options out there. And I would just tear myself down. Because I would think I'm never going to find anybody that wants me for me. I'm never going to find anybody that finds me attractive. I'm just... I'm never going to find anybody. But the one thing I knew I had control over was the fact that many people, many people will easily come for sex. Easily. That was the one thing that I had. don't have to look all that great you promise sex and they'll be there knocking at your front door in five minutes I've had it happen so many times I've had people leave their jobs just to come over I didn't encourage that just to be clear I did not encourage that I would ask them hey what were you doing before this you're like oh I was at work I told them that I'll be right back or I just told them I wasn't feeling good and I left for the day had that happened so many times. Crazy. Because let me tell you something. Sex is not all that worth it to make me put my coin on the line. <laughs> Never. Never. But yeah. I just felt so ugly. And for however long this interaction lasted I felt wanted yeah I felt wanted So what's depression for you? What do you do? What is your vice? How do you cope? Is it healthy? Is it not healthy? We need to have a serious conversation about what depression looks like. And how we as a society are currently handling it. Because how we're currently handling it fucking sucks. 
Mental health services are expensive as shit. And the conditions in which, if you had to be in the hospital, suck. They absolutely suck. There's no reason for somebody like me who suffers from anxiety to be sharing a room with somebody that suffers from schizophrenia. Really, somebody that suffers from schizophrenia shouldn't be sharing a room with anybody. Whenever I finally started turning my life around and taking my mental health seriously, things of course started looking up. But you also get those comments. Because ever since I was young, people have always remembered me for someone that smiles all the time. And it's to a point that even I get annoyed whenever people ask why I'm not smiling. Because sometimes, yes, I'm upset, but other times it's just like, it's just my face. But for the longest time, I was the girl who smiled. And so when I talk about my depression... People think I'm doing it for attention. And I'm not. Even my own mother said that I was doing it for attention. And because of that, I, for the longest time, did not take my mental health seriously. I thought I was doing it for attention. I gaslighted myself into thinking that everything I was doing was for attention. And so for that reason, a lot of times when I go through my episodes, I don't tell anybody because I don't want it to seem like I'm just doing it for attention because I'm not. I'm really not doing it for attention. society fix this how do we change the stigma and that's just depression let's talk about anxiety I cannot tell you how many times I have not heard from somebody I care about whether it's family or my best friends or whoever. And my immediately immediate thought 
is, oh my god, they've been murdered. And I am playing a whole narrative in my head about who possibly murdered them. And this is something because I haven't heard, I called them an hour ago and they haven't called me back. So I start going crazy. I start going through their social media, seeing when they were last active. I start going through the person who I think might have hurt them social media to see <coughs> if anything looks suspicious. I'm trying to play it cool on my end because I don't want to seem like I'm being a naggy mother. But I am giving a little gentle nudge of, hey, can you, like, answer me, please? And then they answer me. And I feel like I have to talk to them on the phone to calm down. Because who the fuck is texting me right now? How do I know you're not the killer? What's our password? <laughs> I'm kidding. We I don't have anything like that currently set up with my friends, but. Literally, that's immediately where my mind goes. And I mean literally because I called them an hour went by, they haven't called me back. Stupid, isn't it? You know how many times somebody calls me and I call them back six hours later? And it's not because I was murdered. I was just busy. <laughs> That's all. I was literally just busy. But I make this whole narrative in my head. That they were murdered. Or off themselves. And I don't know where to find them. Oh, here's a good one, because this popped up in my memories recently. My roommate sometime last year bought me a gift and had it mailed to the house. She did spell my name wrong. It was just off by a letter. It was, wasn't anything like big, but because of that, and because I didn't know I didn't order anything, I thought for sure somebody had just mailed me a bomb. And, like, she didn't want to say anything because it was a surprise. But she was trying to figure out how to get me to open it. And at first, I was refusing to open it. Because I was like, I didn't order this. Like, and this person spelled my name wrong. Like, I'm so scared. And I'm, I'm going through all types of scenarios in my head. Like, okay, I already picked it up. I've moved it around. Like, I just sold it around because I picked it up before I even read it. Obviously, it's, like, m not, like, motion-sensitive. But what if I open it and there's a powder in there? Do I open it inside or do I open it outside? If I open it outside, will it contaminate the entire neighborhood and we'll all have to be quarantined? Or should I open it inside and just potentially put myself and my roommates and the cats in danger? 
What do I do? I'm not kidding. All of this is going in my head. All of this. Just, just, just going. Just going. I'm going through all types of scenarios in my head of what to do next. And then finally, my roommate says, maybe somebody sent you something as a gift. Because she's trying to get me to open it because she bought it. But she doesn't want to ruin the surprise yet. And I thought, okay, maybe, but who spelled my name wrong? And so finally I open it. And it's literally a pair of thread scissors. She bought me a pair of thread scissors because I've been wanting some. I panicked all of that for nothing. Over thread scissors. Over scissors! Over scissors. <laughs> I did all this panicking for fucking nothing. For fucking nothing! Bro. When I tell you, my mind just goes. It just goes. And people find that funny. But in reality, I, I am for real freaking out in my head. And it is very hard to calm myself down. I don't usually tell people how far my mind goes, but it, it goes. Oh, it goes. It makes up narratives that don't even exist. Does it all the time. It had made up a whole damn story. From something like a box got delivered to my house and it had the wrong name on it. What's funny is, before the first time I was admitted to the hospital, I always said I didn't have anxiety. And I look back on that and just laugh, because I very clearly have anxiety. Obviously have anxiety. It's pathetic. It's so fucking pathetic. And again, I really think similar. At some point, we have suffered from it. If you're, At least if you're a millennial. Because we've been through a lot. Millennials have been through a lot. We've been through a lot. And it just keeps fucking coming. It just keeps fucking coming. And then we do other things. We compare ourselves to each other. I'm 31 years old. I thought for... At 18? I thought for sure I'd be owning my own house by now. Spoiler alert, I don't own a house. I'm nowhere close to owning a house. <laughs> nowhere close. 
But yeah, I thought for sure I'd own a house. I have no interest in owning a house at this point because of how much it costs. I just have no interest. People say, oh, well, you get to invest into it. I seem to be one of the few people that don't see it as a good investment at all whatsoever. I have no interest in owning a house anytime soon. Zero interest. But what I thought my life was going to be like whenever I was younger, it's definitely not. Which is crazy because I don't have a bad job. I actually have a really, really decent job. But y'all seen the economy. <laughs> y'all have seen it. It is crazy. And because we keep doing all these comparisons, I'll see my friends. They're buying houses. They're going on trips. They're having kids. They're getting married. And I'm just thinking, should I be further in life? I used to do all that comparing before, but now I'm like, you know what? I have plans in place. I understand what I'm looking to do in the next five years or so. This is my plan. I'm not behind. I'm right where I need to be. And this is absolutely no shade, no shade whatsoever to anybody that has certain accomplishments like graduating college, having kids, getting married, buying a house. This is absolutely no shade to them. But what I have come to learn is we all have our own problems. Yeah, you might have accomplished those things, but there's a different world of problems that it can come with. A different world of problems. So why compare myself? But for the longest time I did. I wondered if I chose the right career path. I still have that debate with myself now. If I'm in the right career path. Or if I need to change it up. Did I do the right thing of not going to college? I think I did for me personally. I don't think I would have done... No, actually, I didn't do well in college. Yeah, I didn't do well in college. I don't need kids. (laughs) Not right now. When the comparing stopped, I was able to enjoy myself a little bit more. Do I own a house? Absolutely not. Do I own other things in life that make me happy? Absolutely. Like my son over here, Bruce, who keeps staring at me while I'm making the podcast. I'm sorry, you can't see him even if you go over to the YouTube channel. Maybe one day I'll have him on, but... Right now, he is 
kind of chilling. Chilling like a villain. Something that also needs to be talked about is it is perfectly healthy to cry. I call myself a crybaby because I do. I cry a lot. I mean a lot. A lot. People don't believe this because I usually don't cry with people around. But I do. I cry a lot. A lot over stuff that is not even in my control just because I'm frustrated just because I feel out of control or because I feel not worthy or because depression is sinking in again I a lot and I think that has helped me so much in my healing another time that I tried to take my life there was a guy that was seeing several years ago and we broke up all actuality we were not good together. He broke up with me. I I wanted to stay with him, but he didn't want to be with me. And a few months later, he was dating. Supposed to be a very good friend of mine. And that sent me spiraling to a point I tried to take my life again. Because again... I was comparing myself. I thought, why am I not good enough? What did I do wrong? I asked all the questions that I didn't need to ask myself. We didn't work and that's fine. I just had to accept that. But I do know what hurt more than anything was he started dating the person I was confiding in about the breakup. She knew exactly how I was feeling and how it was tearing me up inside and how I so badly wanted him back. And then they started dating. Now they lasted way longer than we did so obviously they were better together but the sneaking and the lying and the betrayal I felt it was rough when you feel that way you can't help but to compare yourself you can't help it it's natural. You absolutely cannot help the fact that 
you are feeling unworthy in that moment. Especially when you feel betrayed by two people that you truly care about. Mental health is not one straight line. It all affects us differently and we all cope with it differently. And there is still so much more research that needs to be done about it before we really have like a solution as far as medication because the medication we have now is not good. <laughs> it's not good. But it's because we still need to do more research. We just need to understand it better. Because again, it affects us all so differently. We all have different battles. Like for example, I am a black woman. My depression is going to be different from that of a white woman's. It's going to be different. And it's for various reasons. Even if we had the same environment, our depression is going to be different. So we're going to have different ways that we're going to need to cope with it. And we're going to have, it's going to have different effects of a, on us. Jesus, I can't talk. I haven't even been drinking anything but tea, but I can never talk. But I am a fan of we are trying more and more to do research to have a better understanding of mental health because we need it. We need to have this conversation more, especially in the black community. Black community, we are not immune from things like negative mental health. We're not. I'm going to tell you right now some of the things that I was told growing up. There is no keep the business inside the family. Absolutely not. There is no just pray it away. Absolutely not. God put tools on this earth for a reason. There is no just praying away depression. There is no <laughs> that is a white people thing. Depression does not discriminate, honey. It does not fucking discriminate. At all. So, if anybody wants to say otherwise, they're full of it. It is none of that. We are all capable of falling into the depths of a dark place. We're all capable of it. Especially with the state of the world is right now. Jesus Christ. It is October 11th, 
2023. I'm sure you guys have watched the news of what's going on right now. There's so much going on right now. All of that affects your mental health. Whether you are part of, directly part of the culture that's being affected or not. So, I'm going to wrap things up here. I will always say, my email is available if anybody ever needs to email me. Please do not include personal information about yourself. Please remember that I am still a stranger on the internet. If you ever need to vent, just get something off your chest. Feel free. Go ahead, do it. I am not a therapist. Therefore, I will not be anybody's therapist. I might give feedback, but I'll be honest with you. My feedback might be, you need to go to therapy. ADHD Rants Podcast will be streaming on most major platforms. I'm still working on getting um, getting the podcast up and running. But for the platforms that it is on, the episode will drop on Sundays. The YouTube video will also drop that Sunday, if not, then the following Monday. Please always remember, please, especially when it comes to your mental health, because there's absolutely no reason for us to be nasty to each other in this world. Things would go a lot smoother in the world if we were all just kinder to each other. So please always remember. Take care of yourself and each other. I'll see you on the next episode.